0: If you're actually trying to talk to someone and get directions like the lady who's giving me directions to the Fairy Glen, I legitimately couldn't understand her. How we ended up finding the Fairy Glen, I will never know. Yep. Magic, magical fairies yep. got us the Fairy Glen in Scotland. But Ireland, awesome accent, but you can understand it. Scotland, awesome <laughs> accent, I can't understand a word you're saying, especially when you get out of, you know, the cities. It's just crazy
1: final The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 416. There is an estimated 3,000 castles in Scotland, which equals one castle for every 100 square miles. We've only been to a couple. Guess it's time to go back.
0: I'm super excited to have Chase as the sponsor of today's show, because if you've been following us for any length of time, you know that Chase has been my favorite credit card company ever since I started learning how to use travel rewards points way back in 2011. The Chase card that I've recommended for beginners just getting started has been the Chase Sapphire Preferred card. It's been that way for years, and it's still my favorite card for beginners. The best part about the Chase Sapphire Preferred card is that it earns you Chase Ultimate Rewards points, which you can transfer to a host of great partners like United, Southwest, and Hyatt, or you can use directly through Chase Ultimate Rewards and book any flight, hotel, or car rental with no blackout dates. It's an absolute no-brainer. If you're looking to get started in earning travel rewards points, the Chase Sapphire Preferred is the card you need to get. To check out more information on all the great perks of the Sapphire Preferred Card, plus the other great offerings from Chase, you can go to creditcards.com slash epop and see all of my favorites. To be totally transparent, we do receive compensation from Chase as a sponsor, but all these opinions are my opinions only, and you know I'd only ever recommend something that I absolutely love and use myself, like Chase. So head on over to creditcards.com slash epop and see all of my favorites. While Ireland and Scotland are amazing countries, they are not known for their sunny, non-rainy weather. In fact, it's usually pretty gray, dreary, and, and like we mentioned, rainy. So one of the best things about the Tortuga Outbreaker backpack, and that was the backpack I had with me on both our Scotland and our Ireland trip is that it's made of waterproof sailcloth. And so if you're looking for an upper level premium version of a backpack, I'd highly recommend you check out the Tortuga Outbreaker Backpack. The waterproof sailcloth that it's made from, is obviously waterproof, so you don't need to put on one of those rain covers on your backpack, but also it's rip-proof because it's made out of sailcloth, the same things that they make sails out of, hence the term sailcloth. So I absolutely love my Tortuga Outbreaker Backpack. They also have other backpack styles as well. So we recommend you check them out, to slash epop. You have to use that special link, tortugabackpacks.com slash epop, E-P-O-P, because that will get you 10% off anything you order when you check out. One, two, three.
1: I'll show
0: Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sher, and joining me today is someone who might be the most competitive person I know and who's guilty (laughs) of flipping over a poker table at a $5 poker game. My wife constant travel companion, and someone who always wants to win, Heather.
1: <gasps> I mean, I would be embarrassed, except winning is fun. So I'm not even ashamed that I flipped over a poker table. I mean, that's was, baller. I- baller
0: crazy <laughs> yeah you make the decision it was only me you and our two friends it's not like you were in a casino no and it over. no no
1: no we were just in our <laughs> we were just in our apartment in japan i mean there's not a lot to do in the dead of winter in hamamatsu so we were drinking a little wine playing a little poker on a friday night yes it was a five dollar game i was winning trav lost then he bought back in for another five Whopping big ones. which
0: I was told I could do,
1: and then he started winning, which really pissed me off. So yeah. you know,
0: what happens if I win today on our Throwdown Showdown? What's gonna are you gonna flip this desk? Gonna throw the mic? Who knows? Um, we are in the, our second of our three part series, our Throwdown Showdown here in 2020. And if you haven't caught any of the other ones that we've done, this is a debate show where we take opposing sides on a certain. Area, city, region, country, and uh, we are today talking Scotland versus Ireland, and this was a reader or a listener recommendation. So we did a Throwdown Showdown season one, we'll call it, back in October 2018. So if you're if you like the Throwdown Showdown idea, you can go listen to those. Portland versus Vancouver, we did Thailand versus Bali, and we did Eastern versus Western Europe, and then in this next l- season that we've got here, we just put out last week, Heth, people can listen to this one, where we talked Nashville, Tennessee versus Austin, Texas. Today, people have asked for this. They specifically said, hey, I forget who it was, but haven't you gone to Scotland and Ireland? You guys should debate that. And so that is what we're doing today, Scotland versus Ireland. We do very little research ahead of this because we want it to kind of come free flowing. And Heth, yeah, it's up to you. You get to pick which one, and this was the most difficult out of the three that we're going to do, because we'll, we'll have, I should mention, Croatia versus Slovenia coming up next week, and that's kind of the granddaddy for us, because we are both very passionate about that part of the world. This was probably the hardest one for us to do, because you spent the least amount of time in these areas, Scotland yes. and Ireland.
1: However, they're both very magical places, and I'm going to choose Scotland, because we went there first. And so to me, it really just exemplifies that feeling of, you know, the h- mysterious highlands and the culture. And I mean, Ireland and, and Scotland are obviously very different with their culture. and But the landscape is somewhat similar and the weather is very similar. So there are some similarities there. And they both can draw up this just like mysterious... Magical feeling, atmosphere, and feeling. But we went to Scotland first. And I mean, this is a little harder because we went in 2016 and then the very beginning of 2017. We went to, to Ireland. Ireland. So, so it's, you been know, a while. it's been a while. So I had to kind of like look through my pictures. And once I started doing that, I got, you know, my brain flowing in that direction of like how amazing it was that we went to Scotland. So we've been to the UK. Multiple times, I'm going to say at least five or six times. And the, all those times we stayed in London or in the Cotswolds and in that general area. And I had always wanted to go to Scotland. And we did Scotland on the very end of our two month European trip where we went to some amazing places and we were in London for our uh, really good friend Drew's wedding. And we just decided on a whim hey, let's take the train, let's go up to Scotland. So one of my points is. That the train ride itself from London or wherever you might be in the UK, but most likely London, up to Edinburgh was amazing. Just absolutely gorgeous. Of course, the trains in the UK are very nice, very... Punctual. Our friend Maria works for the trains and she's very proud of how
0: You better believe she's got the punctual.
1: How they run. It was just a beautiful, relaxing train ride and the scenery was gorgeous. You're going through the English countryside, then you hit the coast a little bit and then you end up in Edinburgh and it's just a beautiful city. Yeah. So we I, started our adventure that way and it was pretty epic.
0: I kind of want to admit to everyone that it's always hard to do throwdown showdowns because <laughs> We generally are talking about two places that, that we, we really like. We, yes. we both like both sides, but hey, gloves off. Like we said, mm-hmm. I got a stump for Ireland, and one of if we're talking transportation. One of the things that I really enjoyed about Ireland is the fact that it's so easy to get to for us from the East Coast. So, of course, London has flights into it from everywhere in the world, but you know, Dublin smaller airport, and then Shannon even smaller airport on the West Coast. But what's pretty neat for us, again being on the east coast of the U.S., is that that is the shortest flight you could take to Europe. Is going to the Shannon Airport, and then Dublin's only a little bit further.
1: How far is it? And so I think the Shannon Airport,
0: at least. On the, on the quickest way, right? Which I always forget, is it quicker to go to Europe or quicker to come home? I always forget this. I think
1: it's quicker to go. Right, and and like, longer it's like to come five home and a half
0: hours or something. Yeah. So you can get direct flights. Closer
1: than LA, basically. Yeah, and so for
0: <laughs> us, we didn't realize that until we were, we were there and looking at it and saying, I, I remember specifically standing in this one, uh, uh, like on the Dingle Peninsula, so we were near Shannon, right? And we were on the west coast of Ireland. And we were sitting there and we were saying, oh, this is so magical. We feasibly could do a long weekend here because we looked at the air uh, airlines and uh, a lot of them fly from the East Coast to the Shannon Airport. So that to me is a huge benefit for us traveling to these areas. Whereas, yeah, you can fly into Edinburgh. Yeah, you could probably fly into Glasgow, but you're going to have to connect somewhere. You're probably going to have to go in London and go up. So to get a direct flight from Philly to Dublin... Or I can't remember if it's Philly to Shannon or at least Newark to Shannon. Uh, just awesome. Yeah, so that's, that's a big true. benefit for that going is. to Ireland. The fact that you could get a nonstop right there.
1: It's true. It's very convenient to go from from the east coast of the U.S. I mean, Scotland is not that much further, although I don't think there are any. I mean, maybe there are direct flights but I, I feel like know. you'd have to maybe go to London first. I'm not sure because that's what we we usually end up going to London and then going up. But as I mentioned, the train ride is epic. So even if you could get a direct flight or, you know you have a, a layover it's kind of more fun to just go to London first spend a couple days there because that city is awesome if And then, the
0: weather is nice which good luck getting hey, that you
1: know what you get you're not going to like Santorini you're going to the UK it's not known for its tropical weather it's an island in the northern part of the world so yeah it's 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 a bit rainy, but that adds to the charm and allure. You know what you're getting? You manage your expectations.
0: Yeah, we were actually, as you mentioned, we were in Ireland in February and we were in Scotland January. in We were in, Ireland, me, in January. Ireland in January. It, for the
1: New Year. We were there on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day.
0: Yeah, and we were in Scotland September. Like, September, October. So both You know, both times we were there, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't summer. It was kind of that brooding, especially in January, that brooding environment. For me, one of the things I loved about Ireland, even though we were there during the winter, was the fact that it was still just so lush.
1: Yeah, so green.
0: Yeah, so green. And so, I mean, obviously, it's called the Emerald Isle, right? There's a reason for that. But I just, it was... You know, coming from Philadelphia, coming from the Northeast in the winter, where everything turns gray and you know has no color, we actually when we went, we went there for New Year's Eve, as you mentioned. So we were a little worried, like, oh well, we know a fun for a New Year's Eve wedding, and Dublin will be cool, but will it be neat in the countryside? The answer is yes, and so big benefit for us going in January as well was the fact that you know both of these areas, Scotland and Ireland, but probably more Ireland can get crazy packed with tourists. Oh, yeah. And so if you go in the off-season, it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, you can have places all to yourself that you would not wanna be if you were there in the height of the summer. Yeah,
1: that was one of my points of, in favor of Scotland is that it is less touristed.
0: I'm doing your job for you, I, and guess. I know.
1: And in, in fact, we were there in September, which is kind of, you're getting into shoulder season, but it's still like a nice time to travel because it's not so cold yet. We were in Scotland in September. And I mean, we went to places where there were not many other tourists at, all so i feel we're like at
0: castles that well i mean this is the same for ireland we were at castles and stuff that there we were no the one only else people was there. there so we're you know you see on instagram these pictures of people and it looks like they're the only person there but then you know, <laughs> you know behind them they're like cropping out all these people for us we were in castles and and ruins with not a single person yeah
1: around. so f- the benefit for both of these countries is because the weather isn't I mean it's nicer in the summer, but it's still not super nice. It's still chilly. You still have to wear jackets and stuff. You might as well just go in shoulder season or completely off season in Ireland because you'll get places to yourself. Um, but yeah, with with Scotland the season's a little bit longer, I think, where you can go without having so many tourists.
0: Yeah. For me, you mentioned this idea of You had this magical mindset, like you had this thought in your head of what Scotland and Ireland and these areas were going to be like, and then it was cool to be there because they were like that. One of the huge draws for me for Ireland and the thing that I loved about it was that the pub atmosphere was was what you would imagine, right? You think of Ireland, you think of nice, cozy little pubs in the countryside and you know then someone gets up and the band starts playing and you know you get your steaming hot food, which all right, let's be honest, Ireland and Scotland. Neither are like culinary treasures uh, when it comes to countries. The food's okay, right? But the pubs. Like you're in Ireland, you go to a pub, and it's exactly what you would imagine an Irish pub should be. And we had so many of those experiences where we just tucked away, whether it be honestly in in Dublin or in a city, but like you feel like you're tucked away, or whether we were in a remote area driving around Ireland, and we just thought, you know, outside of the Cliffs of Moher, for example, in that town of Doolin, um, we we just go down this road, and of course, there's not much in this town. There's like a youth hostel. And there's a pub and we go into the pub and it's just what you want out of an Irish pub. So for me, the pub culture, you know even if you don't drink and you want to just go and get food or I think you even got coffee because it was like freezing cold that day or something. Yeah, it's everything I expected and more.
1: So Ireland might have pubs that you can go in and and warm up, but Scotland has another thing that keeps you warm and toasty inside and that is scotch. Lots of distilleries in Scotland. In fact, over 120 distilleries. I looked it up before this podcast. You did research. I did one research regarding the scotch because I was like, what is it that they have in Scotland? Because we don't drink scotch. and I have to say,
0: well, we did there. We
1: did there. It's not and
0: typically our drink of it's choice. It's not
1: our drink of choice, but man, it makes me want to just like have a nice little whiskey or scotch with a big old ice cube in it and sip on it. We're not really that type of person, but Scotland makes you want to be that person. And there's so many distilleries that you can visit. So, you know, if you like whiskey or scotch that's the place to go.
0: Yeah, but if we're talking drinking, and we're talking pubs, and we're talking Ireland, everyone knows where this is going. Guinness, which-
1: That's true. Safe to
0: say, tastes pretty horrible in the US. Uh, I can, you know, Guinness is awful in the US. Let me just put it that way. You go to Ireland, legitimately is a hundred times better. It, It definitely tastes way better, it's a good drink. Obviously, everywhere has it. Uh, we learned this when we were on our tour of the Guinness factory, which is a very odd place. And you kind of got to go if you're in Dublin. But it's it's an interesting, odd tour that they give you. But the quality control of Guinness, they have every every place that serves Guinness, which, you know, if you're in Ireland, is everywhere. Every pub has to have a quality control inspector come out i forget what it was every two months or every month or something like that like they have many 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 full-time quality control inspectors go out and they have to pour it and they you know they teach you how to pour it there and then they come out and they pour it they test the lines they do all this crazy stuff to ensure that when you're in ireland and you're getting a guinness it is as good as it can possibly be. So it I love the Guinness in Ireland. And again, Guinness, I'm not drinking Guinness in the U.S. I You know, I did when I was young and I thought like beer was just like, who cares? Just give me whatever. Uh, I'm not drinking Guinness in the U.S. But when you're in Ireland, having a Guinness is a treat.
1: Yeah. And the and the museum or the Guinness factory, it was very cool to go and just to learn about this man who started this brewery. Arthur Guinness. So many, like a h- hundred years ago, uh, more
0: than that. I like, think it was. Yeah,
1: I mean, closing it's, it's two hundred. Very, it's very cool. But yeah, I mean,
0: eighteen sixty is, is what I want to say is the date. Who knows? But Arthur Scotch
1: Guinness. or Guinness. I think you know most people are going to go to the Scotch side. There's uh, a lot. Me. There's a lot more options, there's a lot more distilleries. I mean, Guinness is just Guinness. Give me
0: Give me a Guinness in a pub in Ireland when they bring out the little live music, sitting there, warmed up by a fire. Oh, I'll take that any day.
1: All right, all right. Well, let's start with um, the cities. So Scotland, you know, it's a little bit smaller than Ireland, but it does have two beautiful cities. I mean, lots of beautiful towns, but the two cities, Glasgow and Edinburgh, wow. Talk about your medieval, mysterious, gorgeous, kind of gothic architecture. Edinburgh was just stunning. I mean, we walked around that whole city. We went to the castle. We, you know, you climb up that where the viewpoint is and you can see all of Glasgow We or all of Edinburgh. We did a walking tour. It's just a really beautiful city and it doesn't feel too big. I mean, I felt like we were able to walk through it, you know, relatively easy. I mean, we didn't get into all the residential neighborhoody places, but you know, where the old buildings are, it's pretty walkable and just absolutely stunning.
0: Yeah. Edinburgh is beautiful. Glasgow was unique too. I, I think probably not if you're looking at it from an outside perspective, you know, we won't get the credit as being as as beautiful as Edinburgh. But one of the things that surprised me about Ireland, actually, was liking the city. Uh, when I talk about the cities, I'm going to talk about two specific things. You know, I knew Dublin would be neat, but I'm like, yeah, it's Dublin. Like, whatever, this would be cool. Let's get out in the countryside. But we were in Dublin for four straight days because we were for a wedding. And I was blown away by how much we liked it. Dublin itself as a city. Cause it's a, it's a massive city. It's, it's a huge. big city. It's huge.
1: So I feel like Edinburgh has that smaller city charm. And in my opinion, Edinburgh was more beautiful than Dublin with the, with the architecture. I mean, Dublin obviously has some gorgeous buildings, but as a whole, Edinburgh as this like small city, it just won me over with how gorgeous it it's was. It's gonna be
0: hard to beat Edinburgh. I agree with you, except mm. Galway we okay. and and whether you're considering this a yeah. city or a town i mean it's kind I of i knew you
1: were going to pull this out it's and- like
0: a big town galway out of all those places that we went when we talk about glasgow edinburgh uh galway and dublin you know let's just say those were the four biggest areas we were in between these two countries uh for me galway was the one that i looked at and said yeah i i could i could stay here like i could bunk down yeah. in here and it's definitely, as far as I know, I haven't looked up population stats. It, it's definitely the smallest out of those four places. But it had enough going on. Obviously, you're right there by the water. And when you talk about just this charming area, Edinburgh is, might be a little more beautiful. But Galway, to me, is more livable and quaint. We have one of the best coffee shops you've ever been to Galway. Uh. Even an incredibly good place pizza place I know Dobro's uh Dobro's in Galway so oh gosh I, just I did really Galway. love
1: Galway I loved Galway it was such a quintessential beautiful little seaside town yeah and like what did people say
0: I when we before we went to like you gotta go it's
1: pretty like bohemian
0: I think was the word like it, it felt that way yes
1: yes it did it did I, I will give you that Galway is, is a gem it is a gem in An Ireland
0: absolute gem
1: but you know we're talking i was talking big cities you compare you know dublin and edinburgh and glasgow i feel like edinburgh is going is going to take the cake there with with the beauty and the scale also like we did that hike which was right in in edinburgh i think it was the king arthur's seat or something like that it was an easy hike relatively but you got beautiful views you felt like you exercised but you weren't you know dying to do to do this hike so i don't know i really liked that part of Edinburgh and then on our trip we left Edinburgh and we road tripped and that i mean both countries are very road trippable if you will i mean that's what you do in these countries you get in a car car and and you drive and i mean I feel like Ireland. Some of the negative things could be there's a lot of tours and the big tour buses, which again is why we would recommend going not in high season. Yeah, not in the summer. But as again, my point for Scotland, it's I feel a little less touristy. We were there in in September. We drove from Edinburgh to the Isle of Skye. I mean, it was desolate, gorgeously desolate, though. I mean, you just feel like you're the only person. in this area of the world. And to me, it, it's like this beautiful desolation where you don't feel like lonely. You just feel like, wow, this is a completely different space than where I'm from in such a cool, mysterious way. It, it was a beautiful drive. And then we get to the Isle of Skye. And I, I'll let you go before I talk why about you, Sky. Just because- why you
0: talk about the desolation and the beautifulness, I would agree um, and say that Ireland, for me, the place that I felt that was the Burren. So you have the Cliffs of Moher, and mm-hmm. probably everyone's heard of the Cliffs of Moher. And even in January, they were they were pretty packed. Although although you know you could like walk around them, and, and as soon as you walked maybe fifteen minutes around, you you had them to yourself. And you could also hike from the town of Doolin to the Cliffs of Moher. And then there was like no one on that route, you know, just at the main parking mm-hmm. area. There's a lot. But right outside of the Cliffs of Moher was this area called the Burren. And we, we didn't really know what it was, but people said to like, go to the Burren. And so we're like, all right. So we just start driving through it. We didn't even know what we were looking for. Once you hit it, you know, it it feels like you're on Mars. It's this very rocky lunar landscape, unlike anywhere else in Ireland and so we drove through it with with again no plans we were trying to find somewhere to eat there's nothing there was a sign for a perfumery the burn perfumery and we were like well this gives us something to shoot for in the burn and so we we road trip back here it was probably like half hour 45 minutes to get to this little beautiful quaint little compound of houses That was a perfumery Mm -hmm. and they did actually have some crackers or like some biscuits for us to eat. So that was very nice. We (laughs) were very hungry at that point. But I'm with you that, you know, there are areas of both of these countries that can feel pretty desolate. And the burn to me was this shockingly unexpected. Okay, I knew I was getting green rolling hills and in Ireland, I knew I was getting the Cliffs some more, but I had no idea I was finding this weird lunar landscape, like 10 minutes from the Cliffs of Moore, basically.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that was a very cool experience. And, you know, both countries are just stunningly beautiful in their landscape. I have to say, though, the Isle of Skye is one of my favorite places we have ever been to. And before you get to the Isle of Skye, and you can just drive to it. You don't have to take a ferry or anything like that. Although there are so many islands off the coast of Scotland that some of our British friends have been to that are just even more desolate which is is wild and just so beautiful but we just did Sky but before you get to Sky we went to one of the most famous castles I think in Scotland the island donan castle and usually again it's pretty busy but we were there in September it was pouring rain, rain. Pouring. Like, to the point where we're like do we even get out of the car or do we just like look at it from our warm cozy seat
0: one of my favorite pictures i've ever taken it's on our instagram it was be a long time ago was this picture of that castle <laughs> and the pouring rain it was just on an iphone and i remember taking it and thinking oh, I'm a photographer now. Yeah, you know? right? Like, I mean, this is an I... epic
1: shot. So that's a very cool castle. And especially like, when the tide is out, there's no water around it. It's it's really cool. And then you drive over the bridge into the Isle of Skye. And, you know, the Isle of Skye is, is quiet. I mean, there's not a lot going on there except for all of the gorgeous nature. Some of the coolest places that we have seen on the Isle of Skye. I mean, Fairy Glen. Can we talk about the Fairy Glen? the fairy pools the old man of store i mean that was one of your favorite hikes and we didn't even we didn't even really like hike hike like you could go there and just hike for days and we were only there i think for two nights but the sun came out for a little while we got out there we drove around the whole island basically it's not it's not huge so it's very manageable the to see the one
0: sunny day we got in scotland was yeah. the day that we drove around the whole isle of skye which was thankfully that happened because it was great um you did say that it was one of my f- favorite places it's one of the most beautiful places i've ever been the isle of sky so a little bit of a trump <laughs> card
1: That's with true. scotland
0: i will for ireland throw out this idea that um you know there's the ring of Kerry, which is very 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 popular but right then next to it is the dingle peninsula which is getting popular but it's still less Especially popular. Especially because
1: they film a lot of Star Wars there. Right. The newer ones.
0: Right. So you have the Dingle Peninsula too, which, okay, I'm going to admit, it doesn't. it's not as cool as Isle of Skye. Um, but Dingle Peninsula itself, pretty sweet. Another benefit, we have a friend who owns a B&B there, Stephen, so, uh, called the Milltown House. Some of you have stayed there. We know that because if you do, please tell him. Uh, he'll be tickled uh with that <laughs> and and uh let him know that we sent you travis and heather um from epop but fantastic like th- he has the milltown houses right there you're sitting right on the water oh, it dingle was itself awesome little town it with is, incredible restaurants yes
1: i was just gonna say like scotland i didn't have any meals in scotland that blew me away however ireland had some nice restaurants that we went to especially the one in dingle they have quite a few, like for how small it is, they have a really good set of restaurants there yeah, and, cool. and restaurant tours. And we went to this one where Trav had the lamb. And, yeah. I mean, we're not... He said,
0: this will be the best lamb chop you've ever had. And I'm like, all right. And I had it. And I'm like, it's you're right. It's the best lamb chop. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, I don't remember the name of the restaurant right now, but if you listen to our Ireland destination diary, so we did a uh, whole episode just on Ireland. Uh, we talk a lot about Dingle and dive into that and you'll be able to hear... That, that restaurant all but dingle yeah is known as like the culinary capital of ireland and i think it's because it is a bit of a seasonal town we were there in january stuff was still open but um you know during the summer it gets pretty popular and so a lot of you know it's Gorgeous and fun and, and basically on the edge of Ireland. So, you know, people do want to live there and then they can afford to open up restaurants because then they get tourists to come in in the summer to keep them floating and all that. But yeah, Dingle. Loved it. Better food than Isle of Sky. Isle of Skye's got a beat on scenery. And that's that's saying something because the west coast of Ireland is... Jaw-droppingly beautiful. It is
1: stunning. It really is. Like when we went to the Cliffs of Moher, I just thought, wow, this is one of the most beautiful things I've seen. However, all those tourists really diminish some of it for you, whereas the Isle of Skye is more remote. And it's just some really cool, like the Fairy Glen. I've never been somewhere. (laughs) Like I almost believed in fairies going there because it was so beautiful and mysterious and you're like what what is this land i mean it felt like you were in a movie
0: it did we're coming up on half hour we said we're going to keep these two a half hour ireland versus scotland uh, was that your was that it? That's your Trump card? You pulled out the end Isle yeah, of Sky Isle of Sky
1: was my trump card. I mean, we we were only in Glasgow like one or two nights. We didn't do a ton there. So I don't really have a lot to say about that city. I mean, Edinburgh for me is more beautiful. um Isle of Sky, one of the coolest places I've ever been to in my life. The so own, those that's my Trump card. The
0: last thing that I have, and it's not a Trump card, but it's interesting is uh, with Ireland. You can understand the accent better than you can the Scottish accent. So, I
1: suppose. Scottish
0: accent, yeah. I mean, wow, cool. If you're actually trying to talk to someone and get directions, like the lady who's giving me directions to the fairy glen, I legitimately couldn't understand her. How we ended up finding the fairy glen, I will never know. Yeah. Magic, magical fairies, yeah. got us the fairy glen, in Scotland. But Ireland, Awesome accent, but you can understand it. Scotland, awesome <laughs> accent. I can't understand a word you're saying, especially when you get out of, you know, the cities. It's just crazy. So uh, there you have it. Ireland versus Scotland. Two beautiful, awesome... Gorgeous countries. Gorgeous areas that you should areas. put on the top of your list if, if you... You know, if you haven't gone, um, if you have, of course, let us know. The reason we love doing the Throwdown Showdowns, a, we get to like you know spar a little bit. Heather and I here uh, arguing is always fun, pastime of ours. Hopefully, it's on the podcast and <laughs> not in real life. But we also do it because we want to hear from you guys. So let us know. Either tweet us or get to us on Instagram at Extra Pack of Peanuts. A, if given the choice, which do you prefer? You have to make a decision: Ireland or Scotland. And then B. Who made the better argument? Mm. Is it Heth with her? I mean, give them your kind of closing arguments. Your 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 main points here were.
1: The beauty of Edinburgh trumps the beauty of Dublin, in my opinion. And the Isle of Skye is more remote, desolate, and in that way, more beautiful to me than road tripping through Ireland, even though I really did love Ireland, too. So it was hard. It was hard.
0: I mean, I've got the pub culture in Ireland with the Guinness, with the music, with the fire going. It's very hard to beat that. It's exactly what you want. Top that with the fact that on the West Coast, you have the Dingle Peninsula, you have the Cliffs of Moher, you have the Burren. And lastly, you've got that that cute little city slash town of Galway, Galway. which if I was going to live somewhere in the UK... Uh, that would be very high on my list. It just, what a neat vibe. Good in the, restaurant. In the
1: UK or in Ireland?
0: Well, uh, in the, oh, excuse me. I guess Ireland's not part of <laughs> All right, I'm going, I'm going, go away. Um, so there you guys have it. Let us know what you think, who won that argument. And um, thank you for tuning in. We have other Throwdown Showdowns, so if you like this format, let us know. We just put out Nashville versus Austin. So that came out last week. And then we've got our season one of the Throwdown Showdown, which came out October 2018. So you can find those episodes 335 through 337. That's Portland versus Vancouver. That was a very fun one. So fun. And and tough to make a call on that. Thailand versus Bali. Whew, I mean, again, Love yeah, both great places. places. And then we kind of wrap that season up with Eastern versus Western Europe, which... Yeah, we, one of our favorite shows that we've ever recorded there, I think, just uh, super fun. So you can go listen to those as well. Thank you guys uh, for the support, as always, for making us the number one rated travel podcast out there. Don't forget, if you can, leave a rating review. That helps other people find it. And until next time.
1: Happy free travels. I'll show you Paris soon.